Welcome back to the Reset Rebel podcast with me, Joe Yule. And today's edition of the show is coming from a beautifully sunset, soundscaped background of Calapada. Um, The reason we wanted to start today's show here is because uh, not only is it the neighbourhood of today's guest, Alicia Ore, who is our astrological guru and queen of the stars and the moon, um, we also got a free little bit of merchandise that's coming out just in time for Christmas, which is um, a coffee mug, which we thought would be a beautiful little addition for you guys if you sign up to Patreon to um, get a cortado or cafe con leche uh, from that lovely mug so head on to patreon slash ibiza the reset rebel and we randomly bumped into this wonderful man who you can hear playing in the background this is uh, jose playing a wonderful little tune for us as we introduce <laughs> very dramatic spanish guitar sounding <laughs> wonderful introduction for you at calapada um today's guest as i said is alicia and um, she's been living here for pretty much about the same time uh, that I have, around about seven or eight years. We're about to find out the full details on that. But the reason we wanted to get this show out uh, before the weekend is we wanted to talk about the new moon in Scorpio. And she's going to be giving a free reading all about everything that's going on this weekend uh, and what you should be focusing your energy and your attention um, and your awareness on in the next few weeks and she says in her little introduction to this weekend's event with the astrological blending of the sun and the moon in the darkest sign at the darkest time of the month we may be driven to dig deep searching for the truth to find what secrets are hidden there you may not like what you find but without facing the murky shadow can't be transformed into powerful light. The new moon begins another lunar cycle and in Scorpio it's an intensely emotional time. So it's important in a window to tune in to what you want to create for a month ahead. And now more than ever to pay attention to our thoughts, our words and our emotions. They are spells. What reality are you creating for yourself with your words and feelings? Now, she's going to be explaining more about this uh, and the general vibe of this moon and how exactly to harness that energy on her Saturday's practical moon magic event on Zoom. If you would like the details to join that event completely for free, uh, it's something she does every two weeks on the full and the new moon. Jose sadly won't be there, um, even though we've kind of fallen in love with his wonderful uh, guitar skills in the background. Um, But she will be there hosting with lots of other ladies Um, who turn up there's a lovely meditation or some kind of tool or tip that you can take away from that session to navigate um, this wonderful new beginning that obviously happens in the lunar cycle every two weeks and she is today's guest here on the reset rebel thank you so much for coming back to join us on this edition of today's show don't go away thank you jose
So, Jose has sadly, uh, I think he's gone home actually to get some dinner. The sun is setting, the waves, the tide seems to be just washing into Calapada. Um, it's difficult to describe actually what a magical backdrop this is with today's podcast recording. Um, I'm absolutely lushing out on the views here. The clouds are silhouetted against the sun setting just over the other side of Santillalia, just about three or four bays or beaches down uh, from here towards town. But we chose today's uh, magical spot. As I said, it's uh, the local neighbourhood of both myself and today's guest, Alicia Aura. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about the moon and the stars and the magic of all um, the things that go on outside of planet earth really that influence our daily lives our daily doings our energy our moods our emotional beings um and just kind of dive into a little bit of uh, the latest scorpio intenseness that's been happening that's kind of where i would love to begin this conversation alicia welcome to today's show hi thank you thank you for having me It's an absolute pleasure. I think we've been talking about doing this for a little while now. I mean, I want to start really with the kind of major, I mean, we try to to get this together around about Halloween time. And I'm just going to be bold and say for the very beginning that that was probably the most intense full moon I think I've ever experienced in my life. Being a Scorpio on a Scorpio island with a boyfriend who's also a Scorpio, five days apart and the full moon and Halloween. I mean, what what was all that about? Let's let's hear it from you. It was super intense. Got to, got to agree with you on that one. It was, um, there were a few things that were involved. First of all, it was a blue moon, which means it's a second moon in a uh, full moon in the month, which is really rare. Might happen once a year, maybe a little bit less. Um, once in a blue moon. So, yeah, exactly. Once in a blue moon. That's where it comes from. That's where the saying comes from. So, and then it was, it landed actually on Halloween or Sawain, which is the um, wicker season of traditional season of of the thinning of the veil between the physical and the spiritual worlds so we have in spain we have the uh, day of the dead on the first of november so that is the celebrating the dead and it's it's a it's a, a modern version of that celebration but the thinning of the veil between the the world so that we we're often bombarded with really strong energies from the other side so it's really intense anyway. And it kind of, and you feel it, you feel that around Halloween. There's always a full moon around Halloween. Um, but it's, um, and there's a, something very mysterious and magical around that time and what we celebrate. But for it to happen, for the full moon to actually land on Halloween and for it to be a blue moon as well, there's an extra, extra intense energy going on. It definitely felt that way. I mean, I literally, yeah, was pinging around like the pinball wizard and just feeling very out of whack, out of balance, and just everything was just kind of imploding, I think, on a external basis, which just felt like really full on. I mean, I don't really enjoy full moon on Ibiza anyway, if I'm really honest. It's one of those places... Um, people that, you know, I've said this to you before, look at me like I'm slightly strange. Uh, but I think, like, I've never felt any kind of... Um, kind of ripples I, th- I think of the, the full moon until I arrived on this island I mean maybe in India actually it's the only other place that I spend a lot of time but I think you know between these two countries you know since leaving England when I got here I was like yeah something happens around the full moon on Ibiza that's way bigger and more full-on than anywhere else I've ever lived what is that and why I think generally energy is amplified here first of all 
you know, everything is intensified here in, in Ibiza and you hear many stories about how people have arrived here, their first impressions of getting here. I think um, we've got an impending uh, jet ski yeah. coming fast. You've got to love that, really. <laughs> Very, uh, you know, microscopic astrological chats going on. We've got some guy whizzing a pass in his speedos. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so it's every, all, everything, everything's more intense here. It's actually... I don't, I can't, I don't know if, I haven't fact-checked this, (laughs) but apparently it's a Scorpio island, Ibiza. So it's very intense. Scorpio energy is a very intense energy. Um, But also, I mean, my my relationship with the moon, a bit like you, before I moved here, I knew knew about the moon, but it wasn't something that drew me in as much as when I got here. And I think part of that is there's so much nature, there's big sky, there's big sea. You're able to see the moon cycles, you're able to see it rise out of the sea, set, you can see when it's full, when it's waning, when it's getting bigger. Um, And that just becomes really magical and mystical, I think, when you can actually see that. Whereas compared to in a city, or where there's, you know, everything's built up, you can't really see the cycles like that. So what, you know, I mean, apart from the obvious of, you know, living right here or around the corner from this beautiful beach that we're sitting on right now and obviously observing that cycle of the moon, what was it that kind of drew you into um, kind of, you know, spending so much of your time into analysing charts like we did not so long ago and also getting more into what that actually means for us mere mortals experiencing that whole cycle when we're not really aware of the exact sort of powers and influences that whole process has over us mm. well I've always had I've always been interested in or drawn to something bigger than just me I think and, and the universe and the stars and things um I grew up in a house my mum was quite spiritual my family upbringing was quite um spiritual in that way as well but it wasn't until I moved here and I had my from London and I had my um, chart read by someone in New York actually so we did it on Skype and I was and I had my astrological chart read my natal chart and um, I was just blown away by what she told me and what she could see and interpret from my chart it was just fascinating and it was from that moment even though before that I'd be dancing on the sand at a party and see the moon and see the moon setting for the first time ever. I didn't even know that the moon actually set into the um, into the sea or in, from the sky in a similar way that the sun does. Um, and I just became complete, completely magnetised by it and it almost became my companion and has done ever since. Whenever I look into the sky, it's always there, day or night, it's always there. Um, but... After it was after my having my astrology chart read that I really became fascinated with the planets and the stars and the moon and astrology and the universe. And it was from that moment that I I dived into the rabbit hole to find out more and really on a quest to find out more about myself and other people and how to communicate and interact with other people and what I'm doing here essentially. And that's what a lot of my clients are here or come to me for because they have questions to ask about themselves and their purpose and uh, are looking for something bigger are looking to overcome uh, their obstacles or their you know their limits in order to be reach their full potential and how would you say that you know studying that whole process has given you answers i mean how what have what have you discovered about yourself by becoming more in tune with the moon or the lunar cycle um and becoming you know i guess more 
into the planetary observations that you've been studying and undertaking since that moment? A lot. <laughs> we've, we've got time. It's okay. <laughs> We're sitting on top of some fishing shacks on Calapada. It is getting dark, but I'm, you know, I'm ready to sit here until until the sky goes black. <laughs> Good. I could t- can talk about this all day. Um, so it taught me a lot about my, I guess, my programming, first of all, my programming and conditioning, why I do certain things, why I behave in certain ways, what my natural instincts are. And that's very much in line with the moon because the moon in astrology, um, it governs our emotions. It's the planet in our chart that tells us what we need, how we, how we need to feel safe, what we need to feel nurtured, what our natural instincts are. So... Um, yeah, I started I started there. I started diving into my moon sign to find out more about more about myself in that sense. Um and um it's just it's astrology is really a it's a personality tool um to help us understand to help us understand more about who we are and it's through the lens as we look at it through the lens of the stars so like the Myers-Briggs like human design all of those other personality type tools um it's probably the oldest one I'm pretty sure it is it's over 3,000 years old and a lot of those tools and uh are have an element of astrology in it so when you think of that, it's like the study of human behaviour through the lens of the stars and the, and the planets. Um, and that has enabled me to... <laughs> that has enabled me to, yeah, really discover who I am, to understand where I need to be or where I'm going and what I need to overcome in order to achieve that. So... Um, give, give us an example. What, what, what has that shown you about yourself that you've needed to sort out? to get where you are now well to give you an example let's have a think what I can what I can come up with that would be easy to explain so you can look into your chart you can find things like um, your limiting beliefs around money for instance Uh, or relationships your relationship to money your relationship to yourself your relationship to other people so being able to understand the zodiac archetypes within your chart and how they respond to those elements. So if we're talking about money, how understanding, looking at certain aspects within the chart to see what is my relationship with money? Why do I find it difficult to hang on to, for instance? Why can't I earn a regular amount of money? Why am I, do I ignore it and hide from it? And so I'm able to look into the chart and understand that in more detail and then look at the archetypes that are the zodiac archetypes for that section and say well when I'm out of balance then I'm hiding from money or I'm not earning enough or I'm overspending um but if I go towards the higher end the higher vibration of that archetype then I can transform my relationship with money by tapping into that and always having a choice do I want to choose I can choose it in any moment. Do I choose to go out of balance and go on the lower vibrational end of that archetype or go towards the higher end? Does that make sense? It does, but I don't understand how, you know, how the definition of the imprint of the stars and the moon 
can change the way you are and or discovering more about yourself through learning where they were when you came on to this earth kind of defines who you are as a person now the natal chart that i would read normally is um it's a blueprint it's your natal promise so if you believe in past lives and something bigger than just this life and just our human form and that we're all connected and we're connected with everything within the universe as well it's all energy and it's all energetic um then when we when you are born you have a natal chart and not only people have natal charts but countries do uh big events do animals do pets whatever um so that is that is what within that chart it shows us your destiny and your purpose in life and how you're able to achieve it as well and what you need to overcome in order to achieve that Mm. i mean obviously we did my chart a few weeks ago and yeah it was a very interesting reading to sort of understand where things were when i when i was born but i yeah i still struggle to get my head around exactly how that kind of you know indicates exactly the work i need to do in this lifetime so it was quite an intriguing um few hours that we spent together going through every single um little piece of where those planets were so it was kind of a a very interesting um interesting time to spend together and and so you basically to be able to do that you need to find out exactly when somebody was born and you know to know the exact timing and all of the details yeah they as as exact as possible in time the, the time that they were born for sure because things move around very quickly you know it can change the chart very very or a lot if you have the wrong timing um and then and we want it to be as accurate as possible mm. um so the time the date obviously and the location are very important i've had i've had friends of mine who have been adopted who don't have their time of born but birth they don't even know where they were born and it's really difficult it's not impossible but it's it's difficult to give an accurate reading mm. to someone like that so have you read your own chart a billion times <laughs> <laughs> and what can you tell us then about, you know, say, for example, where the moon was when you were born? The moon when I was born. So I've got a Leo moon, which is the same as your rising sign. Um, it's in the seventh house of partnership. So that in itself tells me that partnership is very important to me. It makes it helps me feel included and is part of something. And that's partnership is in marriage, long term partnership, friendship business partnerships so one-to-one connections um, it helps me f- to feel safe because if you think the moon in the, in uh, astrology does represent our need for safety and nurturing and our emotional side it's really our soul so that's what's what um i is important to me from that level it's also got another aspect next to it that indicates that um that that is my default so that is something that I, I will always go back to always wanting some kind of partner in crime but then there's an aspect to, to it as well that is suggests that there is a conflict there so there's a conflict in my sign that says that that tells me about my upbringing and the moon also represents the mother so it represents the 
my upbringing and the relationship I had and have with my mother now and how that was restricted and how that restricts me in adult life and how that restricts me in relationship. With how, was it, how was it restricted? Uh, there was an emotional suppression there, it's like the, which, in, which is completely true. So in my upbringing, my relationship with my mum wasn't particularly warm or um, there wasn't a strong connection there as much as I wanted it I didn't get the nurturing and the emotional support that I needed from her at that time as a kid Mm. Um, so there was something always lacking so there was always you know when you think as a child how much emotional support you want and and need and you're not getting that then that's going to create a defence and a a, um, emotional block when it comes to relating with other people as you grow up and that's that's psychology Mm. um so that's, very, that's a very, very strong aspect in my chart. And it's something that has continued and has continued to impact my life as I've, gone, as I've got older. It impacted my marriage. Um, and it's something that I have to work and be very vigilant about and very aware of in order to overcome. So what work have you, have you done on that to kind of change your relationship with that feeling that's been there since your childhood? I work on myself every day uh a lot of meditating a lot of shadow work so and like we're in the scorpio season at the moment so shadow work is really powerful right now um what 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 is shadow work i mean this work word gets bandied around all the time it's like (laughs) apparently i'm supposed to know what that means shadow work is it's looking at the parts of ourselves that maybe are not obvious and we don't necessarily want to see or or accept about ourselves so if there's things about us that we don't like um often that can be reflected in other people as well that things about other people that we don't that we don't like is often part of our shadow and we're just not accepting it um so shadow work is a is a process of bringing that up to the light and accepting it or accepting that part of yourself that you don't like we all have parts of ourselves that we don't like and that we don't we don't necessarily want I guess Mm. um and it's a and it's an inquiring kind of work where you can forgive and let go and accept who you are and just accept yourself with compassion Mm. um a lot of that there's loads of different ways that you can do that hypnotherapy breath work is another great way of dealing with that what is that noise is that Jose? <laughs> is he printing he down be. the shutters? I think, I think he's going home, yeah. Okay, he's Jose's had enough. Cool restaurant by the looks of it. <laughs> Derelict restaurant. That burger on that plate looked like it had been there for a couple of decades, actually. <laughs> it's a nice spot to move into, though, if you're going to live yeah. on the beach anywhere in the world. This is not a bad pl- yeah, place pre- to reside. It's pretty, pretty cool. And you get the sun in the evening over there. <sighs> it's just magical. I mean, even now, there's still such a light in the sky and... Mm. It is a gorgeous little sunset. But, I mean, everyone traditionally thinks, sorry, down south is, you know, the place to be for sunset. But I have to say, I beg to differ. When I first arrived here, there was a real pink and gold and, yeah, orange in the sky that was just amazing as uh, Ibiza sunsets go. And a very brave lady who was actually just um, going for a little sunset swim. So hats off to her. But you're another crazy woman that goes for freezing cold winter swims at sunrise. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the Swede in me. My mum was Swedish, so uh, being in nature and getting naked and diving in the sea is not is something that I'm... It's pretty natural to me. I can't... I, I find it really... 
it's a challenge for me to understand like how people or how we can sit comfortably in swimming suits when they're soaking wet it's just just goes against everything that I I just yeah I have to not have that I need to get my clothes off There's a lot of people that are very intelligent. I've observed many times in Ibiza, there's, you know, the wetsuit and the dry suit and people alternate between the two. I saw a man doing it the other day and I was like, what is he actually doing? Oh, right, yeah. He's actually brought a spare pair for when he's wet and when he's dry. Makes total sense. I've never, ever thought in eight years of living on an island like this and going to the beach pretty much every single day, particularly in the summer. Never thought, never thought about doing that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Two or three bikinis at least. Awesome cosies, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> if you're going to wear one. If you're going to wear one. Which clearly you don't. Um, no, I think, you know, cold cold seawater swimming is um, is a great thing to do at this time of year. And actually, I was only at um, Cam Carew, which is one of the only spas open at this time of year. Um, and instead of going in the cold plunge water pool that was directly outside the doors of the sauna, I was actually going into the outdoor pool, which was colder, and jumping in there instead, which was actually lovely because you really fully immerse and make noise as well and scream and shout because no one was around. Um, and I love it there. So if anyone is listening to this and is coming to Ibiza, that is my top tip of places to go in uh, Ibiza in winter. It's absolutely gorgeous. I fancy a bit of that. That sounds amazing. Is there, is it a mixed sauna? It is completely mixed. Yeah, we met some really interesting guys in there as well. So there's a lot, a lot of single women in Ibiza, particularly in the winter, that need to find some action. And I'm not single anymore. But when I, you know, if I had a bin, I wish somebody had told me. Because I'm telling you what, there was a lot really? of a lot of tasty chaps in there who um, seemed very interested in the selection of women that were in there. And it actually specifically joined. One of them told me for that precise purpose to meet interesting people. He, as he said, and um, this winter he'd signed up for a couple of months. He was a music producer. There was another really hot guy with them as well, and they were just sort of like basically, yeah, looking for hot hot ladies. Brilliant. I'm in. I wasn't asking you for that <laughs> for that reason, but now you've told me that, I'll um, I'll check it out. I was actually asking because I like to be naked in saunas as well. <laughs> I'm sure really they wouldn't have minded. Yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> it's uh, it's all to play for at Kankaroo, but um, yeah, I've been there a few times recently, and um, it is absolutely gorgeous. And it's about thirty three euros for a visit, and you can stay for as long as you want. But you do have to book because of the current word that we will not mention on this podcast. Um, so let's go back to these readings. I mean, what you know before you got into the astrology side of things, you've been coaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started my business in two thousand and nine, not as a coach. But it's pivoted. I've pivoted in um, three or four times as it's evolved. And as my journey as a small business owner has evolved as well. And I started off, it's, I started off as a virtual assistant, actually. And very quickly at that time, it was, um, social media was becoming some, something taken seriously in terms of using it for marketing for, for businesses. So blogging, Facebook, Twitter just, it just launched so um, that was all being, uh, that was all kicking off. And I quickly, I was able to start my business or get my clients, um, get new clients through social media. So then my other clients started asking me, how are you doing this? What are you doing? Da, 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 asking me, you know, asking me to help them. And I trained as an online and digital marketing consultant. So my, so my business quickly pivoted from VA to social media marketing I had online training programs teaching businesses how to use Twitter and Facebook so I'd have um, I had uh, I'd hold workshops in London uh, I had a, a marketing blog it was ranked 
top 10 and top 50 marketing blog in the UK for about three or four years running. So it was all very, it was amazing and it was very successful. And from there, I realized that, you know, you can be, you can have an amazing marketing plan, but if you don't know how to sell in to your prospects, if you don't have the background um, planning in your business as well, then there's, you know, it's still not going to work. So I added that to the business to become more of a 360 and then um, I realized that I needed to have an, an, an additional element there because you can have the strategy, you can have the plan, but if you don't have the confidence, if you have the limiting beliefs that are holding you back, then you're, you're not going to achieve you know, the success that you want. Um, and it was during that time that I got really sick, I got burnt out, I got chronic fatigue system, syndrome, um, I'd gone through a really difficult period in my life. In my, um, I lost my dad at that time. I went through several miscarriages, um, and um, I needed a, I needed a reset. I needed to do something else. I needed a, a, a plan B. How were you feeling after you kind of went through those miscarriages and the loss of your father? I really felt so so I'd lost my mum actually 26 years ago today 11th of the 11th Um, so my dad losing my dad uh, when I did I felt very untethered there was like there was nothing anchoring me as how it felt but I really felt with particularly without like not being able to have a family or have babies um, or children um, did you want to have children that's all I wanted desperately wanted kids um, I felt that that sense of belonging that I had when I when you, you remember when I talk about my chart about the moon and the aspect to it that was, there was an emotional disconnection between me and my mum. So that's what I was looking for in my having a family. Um, I now know that it was the wrong reason, um, but at that time I was less aware of myself and my what was driving me so um but yeah it's desperately all I wanted I just wanted the safety of a family that I felt like I had never had um some more music. Jose's back <laughs> well, Jose's like the sort of some sort of oh, oh no hang on he's on his bicycle that's someone else <laughs> Um, love it down here but yeah I just I really felt untethered very lost really insignificant actually I thought if I can't have children then what am I doing here what is my purpose here was Um, that in your early 40s that was late 30s yeah so by the time I got to about 40 um I, I got, I came to a place of peace around that. We could have continued trying, but it would have been, it was very grueling, you know, going through several miscarriages over a period of four, four or five years, and losing my dad. Um, it was, it wasn't, wasn't a nice part of my life at all. Um, very dark, a lot of depression, um, and it got to a stage where, yeah, where I found peace. I found peace with it. It was like I've realised how much it was holding me back. And it was actually then that I, once I 
I had peace with that decision. But. How did you find the peace? I mean, it, you know, sorry to be so specific, but I think mm. sometimes people gloss over, like, how did you get out of that dark hole of despair? Because this is what this podcast, you know, primarily in many, many purposes and forms is, is to try and help people who are actually probably there mm-hmm. roundabout now, especially in England, lockdown. There's a lot of darkness going on. But I'd just I'd love to know how, you know, what tools did you have or how did you even begin to claw your way back to this moment of peace? I I didn't really have many tools, certainly not the tools that I use now, that, that keep me sane and keep me healthy. Um, but I... It was a process of it was a process of things that happened. Uh, I remember getting my cat Humphrey, who you've met. Um, that was a huge comfort to me. Uh, starting my business was a huge distraction. You know, I started to find my purpose and and, and um, somewhere else to to focus. And really, it was a, a sense of being held back with this decision. What am I? What are we going to do? Are we going to move? Are we going to try again? Are we going to keep trying? Or are we just going to let it go and see what else is available to us and the life that is available to us? I was also involved in a, with a great, she's actually moved here now, actually, Jodie Day, who runs a fantastic um, community called Gateway Women for women who are childless. Um, and we met on a, on a business sense and we became very good friends and she's now moved here. So that was a big support. So finding a community of women in a similar situation as me. Um, and it got to a stage where I was like, well, I want my life. Life needs to move forward, right? We need to make a decision. Do we try again or do we not? And as soon as we decided not to, the biggest weight on my shoulders just lifted. I mean, all of a sudden I felt completely free, like completely free. Uh, and I could make any decision that I wanted. And I could, I could go anywhere and do anything that I wanted or we wanted. It really was. And that's choice. when you moved to Ibiza. And that's mm, yeah. It was a little while after we we I bought the property, the little holiday apartment that I live in now. Um, we bought that together, me and my husband. And um, but it was a year later that I moved. So the the marriage started to fall apart. It wasn't working. And um, my health was deteriorating, continuing to deteriorate with the chronic fatigue syndrome, obviously under a lot of stress still. Um, and I knew that I needed, I knew, I actually, it's like I had a love affair with Ibiza. When, when I came here and we bought the place, I just knew I had to be here. Um, and what was it that you fell in love with? It was the lifestyle the sunshine the just the beauty of of the island I very quickly made lots of friends it felt like a really fresh start um and it's something you know I've been to I've been to Ibiza quite a few times since the since 2000 was the first time I came so it always had this magnetic draw and this pull pull for me um but I just knew that I remember going, like coming over here, spending a month here, in the, staying in the holiday apartment, then move, going back to London, and just desperately wanting to get back as soon as possible. Like, what was the contrast? What was the what was the contrast? Well, it was exciting and new. There were things, new things to discover. There was um, 
there was a real sense of freedom here and a, and a sense of escaping the conformed life and way of living that you live in London. And certainly in my life at that time, I lived in suburbia in a beautiful big house with my husband who worked really long hours. I worked from home. Um, and many of the rooms in that house I didn't go into. It was, no ne- it was not necessary, you know, and I, I, I guess it, it haunted me a little bit because I had imagined those rooms being filled with kids and a family, and that didn't happen. So um, that was the contrast, being in this rattling around in this huge house in suburban London with a very busy husband who was working elsewhere and compared to living in paradise over here in actually a really small apartment it was all I needed I didn't I had such little energy like walking upstairs even was really difficult for me so it was very easy to maintain Um, it was beautiful sun shining all the time None, none of the oppression that you get in London and it was just yeah I just had to be here so it was exactly, I mean, you know, there was a reason I called this podcast The Reset Rebel. I really feel like it is people that rebel, you know, they rise up and wish to depart, you know, the kind of conformed way of being and everything you've just described about that lifestyle. You know, that's kind of what we all aspire to when we're living that life, you know, to have the partner, the marriage, the kids, the big house, you know, and that's kind of what we all think is the answer to happiness. But I think, you know people that do actually make the move here for the for the permanent long haul um i think find something else that makes them happy if, if perhaps that life hasn't panned out for them in some way shape or form or even if it has you know there's just other things here to occupy your time and your energy and your i think your devotion if, if it isn't children that's kind of you know really taken over that space or your career there's always something else here i think that will always fill the void or at least you know give you other opportunities or other paths um and ways to reset yeah absolutely and the people that you meet here it is a lifestyle choice living in ibiza i think compared to the more traditional places that we've all come from um and people do a lot of people do whatever it takes so that they can survive here you know rather than doing the traditional nine to five or working really long hours and all of those things that we kind of grow up and are conditioned to believe is the way to be successful you've got people that have got four five jobs doing all sorts of different things to make it work because they love the island so much but it was it was interesting when I actually arrived here thinking yes I'm living my dream this is what I've wanted for so long and I'm I'm, I'm so happy to be here it was interesting that I didn't find that happiness in, initially or straight away I was like I remember walking along this coastal path actually probably about two weeks after I'd moved here and just thinking I feel really like unsettled and anxious and not happy and what is it I live in paradise I've got exactly what I wanted why isn't it that I'm why aren't I happy um and that's when I started really doing the work Mm. and diving into my shadow and getting to know and really diving into my charts understanding astrology and understanding myself more i think well it's clearly a powerful tool in terms of you know 
working out what's what I mean a lot of us you know never really get to that point and that's another beautiful thing I think that a lot of people do do when they get to this island is start to unravel um, a lot of the you know parts of the puzzle that brought us to this point and I think you know a lot of people don't get that opportunity if they've got you know a big family and they've got busy jobs and when is that point that you actually have the time to look at yourself you know long and deep and hard and kind of work out like where you can make changes or improve or you know maybe there people just never really have the time or even know you know the time to notice that there's anything to be done and I'm not criticizing that but I just think it's a very different environment and the kind of stuff that's available to us here which is uh, a lot of people who have got a lot of amazing skills to offer in the wellness world and who you know can assist you on that journey should you wish to sort of embark on it I guess and you know what kind of made you want to be a coach then so you went from the social media thing you've obviously done your astrological trainings and things but how did you get into coaching I think it's something that I've nat- I'm naturally drawn to and have been you know helping others helping myself understanding myself being inquiring about myself um, and that's often why we're led to the professions that we are. Um, is to they, what, what, what do they, they say something about psycho, psychotherapists, don't they? That they need they actually need therapy more than others, and there's some truth in that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I've always been that person that has wanted to help other people and help other people be the best that they they can be and that's the drive that I have for myself as well mm-hmm. so always driving always inquiring why do I feel like this why is this happening how can I feel better and be be happier I think it's an interesting one particularly you know when I decided to become a yoga teacher when I was a, a journalist in London I was very very stressed very 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 burnt out moved to Brighton, completely changed my entire life and decided to really take this a bit more seriously than just whizzing off to India for a month every year. And when I actually decided to sort of take it a bit further and do all the teacher trainings, it was kind of like, how do you find the right um, course? You know, it's like looking for a needle in a haystack, like there were millions of them. And I'm sure now there's probably even 50 million times more than there were the millions back then. Like, there's a lot of yoga out there and there's a lot of people doing those kinds of trainings and particularly with the life coaching and the kind of coaching courses and how did you find the right you know the right life coaching or the right coaching kind of environment or teacher or guru or how did how did that journey begin for you I thought that was the moon actually that looks like a fishing boat there's a red light flashing in the distance I was like oh looks like the moon's about to rise but it's new moon now isn't it so I'm not sure we'll see the moon I'm not sure we'll see the moon now because it's nearly new moon um how did I find the coaching where did you begin the journey to to starting your coaching business who did you align with who did you train with where did it come from it started in it started in London when I was doing the um the business coaching side of it and when I discovered that there's got there's more here there's more here to help people because there's limiting beliefs that my clients aren't getting the results that they want easily more easily you know um, so it started there, um, and then when I got to when I got to Ibiza, I continued with that side of the business. And after I took a break for like a year or two, it was actually supposed to be only be six months, but it turned out to be a lot longer than that. And I actually didn't want to work on my own anymore. I'd mm. kind of I'd, 
I was alone, no partner, uh, responsible for absolutely everything in my life, which is an absolutely fantastic position to be in and a real privilege. But I felt the strain of that, of not having a partner in crime in some way. Um, and I no longer wanted to work on my work in my business in that sense. I wanted to partner up with other people. I wanted to work with other people. And that's when um, I approached Lydia from Happiness Explorer. To um, She was looking for some coaches to be part of her team. And I approached her to be one of her Happiness Explorers and was one of the first of the first we there are four of us who started off to create and develop that program that she has now um and um and that was great for a little while but it didn't you know we went in separate directions it didn't work out the way that either of us wanted to i don't think uh and she's gone on to create massive success and have it accredited now and it's an amazing thing that she's doing but that was um that was the the training that I received through that experience but everything else that I've learned other than the astrology though so I learned I studied astrology with my coach for um, a year to create structure around what I'd learned myself so other than that and other coaching that I had I had received from my own coaches that's that's the only thing I'm not accredited or anything like that okay and so the direction that you're kind of steering this coaching in now is obviously based around the initial process of of getting to grips with the chart and really uncovering somebody's you know deep intrinsic links to the deepest parts of themselves and then working um with that to kind of as a as a blueprint for the work that's needed and how you're going to coach them from there yeah i mean we so my clients come to me they're often at a crossroads they know that they want something else they want something bigger they either want to start their own business or they feel very stuck in the situation that they're in um unsatisfied and they often come to me first of all for an astrology reading so an astrology coaching session where i explore and interpret their astrology chart where i can find out what their purpose is um and explore that explore what their gifts are and their talents and also the limits and the the barriers that prevent them from going there or achieving that. Mm. Um, and that's often where we start. And it's from there that they want to continue working with me a lot of the time over a longer period to help them overcome what it is that they've we've discovered or they've they've realised. So um, from there, we you know we set goals. We, un- we set an, uh, an understanding about what it is that they want to achieve and then we go about doing that. And that's more, much more of a, a traditional way of coaching. Um, I bring the astrology into it, obviously understanding the limiting beliefs so early on in the, in the process is really valuable. But also being able to understand from the astrology and the chart how, um, how they deal with certain scenarios so as an example someone wants to start their own business um, but they and it's a creative business but they don't know they don't have the confidence to to or I can see in their chart that they don't have the confidence necessarily 
to be able to speak or perform in front of others or there's something there that may be holding them back. So we're able to uncover that and release that limiting belief. Um, And we do that through meditating, we do that from other practices, journaling practices, things like that, that really work to unblock the programming that is in the, which is set in the unconscious part of the brain so there's quite a lot of psychology involved there's uh, repetitive practices that are involved um, and yeah I supply a lot of resources that have helped me as well to overcome so much something we are personally very excited about here on the reset rebel aside from this amazing interview is our new patreon account um after making this show for 80 episodes over two years we kind of really feel that we want to expand the work that we do to give back to those suffering from anxiety and depression on this podcast and we can only do it with your help and the work we are doing giving back free retreat spaces on the island and offering treatment to people who really need it but maybe can't afford it brings us so much joy and it really needs you to get on board and help us through this membership program to join and contribute there are three tiers with lots of extra exclusive ibiza content that you can enjoy depending on the tier that you choose but at the very least for as little as five euros a month you can help us just keep making this show and we would be so very very grateful to sign up pop over to patreon.com slash ibiza the reset rebel that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash ibiza the reset rebel now on with the show thank you so much for listening so this weekend is the new moon, which is, um, yeah, obviously, as we spoke about at the very, very beginning in the introduction to this podcast, uh, is 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 going to be another emotional roller coaster by the sounds of it, moving from Saturday um, into the last sort of two weeks before we go back to towards the full moon. So what's coming up um, at the end of the sort of Scorpio cycle for us? Well, Scorpio, we're in Scorpio season right now for another 10 days or so. Um, and it's a very intense, it's a very intense energy. You know, Scorpio are very emotional. They're very deep. There's a lot of depth to the Scorpio energy. Um, and when we talk about shadow work, it, that is something that, you know, they, they're not f- afraid to go to those depths um, and to reveal the things that, that, or uncover the things that may be lurking there. Um, they're incredible researchers the, the energy of Scorpio as well like they that that energy will just go to the depths and just keep digging 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 until they find what what they're looking for which is often the truth um, so when we're in Scorpio season we're able to tap into that energy or that is the overriding energy that is around us so we can harness that and use that to our advantage and when it's a new moon as it is on Saturday. It's when astrologically the sun and the moon are in unison, which is why there isn't, the sun isn't re- able to reflect the, the light onto the moon, which is why it's a new moon and it's dark. You don't see the moon at that, at that stage. But the, the energy of the sun and the moon are merging together and they're, so they're, being, they're a powerful force within the Scorpio energy because the sun and the moon are both in Scorpio. 
okay so and that starts sets off the first the, the next lunar cycle um so at the start of a lunar cycle it's a fresh beginning it's a fresh new start just like the beginning of a month um, and it's a time to really set the seeds of intention of how we want that month to look how what we want to happen to us how we want to feel in that month what do we want to create and often around new moon it's a time when we receive downloads or information or ideas things will come to us we'll, they'll, they'll, the energy will start bringing messages to us if you like like it will just it will um, we'll start getting ideas like shower ideas intuitive ideas about how we want to feel what we want to create what we want to let go of and it's setting those it's just deciding which of those seeds or which of those intentions that you really want to focus on and harness so with um, with Scorpio particularly it's going to be a lot of emotion it's a motive sign um, we may not because it's so searching and inquiring and such an is searching and inquiring energy we may not um, like what we see or what we're confronted with which is often the case you know particularly when you're working with shadow work there's a lot of things that we don't want to be revealed or are uncomfortable for us but in order to make space for what is more aligned um, then you have to be able to release what's in the shadow and forgive forget often it's self-forgiveness and just let it and to let it go so that's the kind of energy that is around during this new moon it's quite powerful in other ways as well because um well actually it's a super moon which i yeah it's a super new moon which means its proximity to the earth is much closer than most new in most moons um so the energy is even more potent and then we have its ruling planet Mars Scorpio's ruling planet Mars going into forward motion having been retrograde for a few months which means and, and Mars is a very energetic very action paced planet so things are going to be moving much faster from, from the day before the new moon so it's a lot of action, there's a lot of intensity, um, there's a lot of self-inquiry. It can be a time, because it's, because it's the darkest time of the month, it's a time when we are more likely to want to go inwards or hermit and sleep and just relax and take time for ourselves. Um, and when you do that, you often, that's when the messages come through, when the things come through that you, that you want to intend. Well, I've got the exact opposite lined up because it's my birthday tomorrow. <laughs> I am a Scorpio and yes, well, I'm being taken away somewhere as a surprise on, uh, well, tomorrow. I don't know where I'm going or what's going on. Apparently I need to pack a bag and um, yeah, we're going somewhere. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that will be more on the side of relaxation than, uh, yeah, wild raucous partying. Because um, as 
everybody knows there is nowhere to party in Ibiza um, at the moment and everything is quite relaxed there's a limited number of like hotels and spas and places open so I'm yeah I'm intrigued to see what he's got up his sleeve I'm looking up now above the trees and I'm seeing a hell of a lot of stars and just recently I downloaded uh, an app which is a stargazing app I never thought the day would come when I would do such a thing but I've started getting up uh, even before the clocks went back I've started to get up really, really early, like five or six o'clock in the morning, predominantly because I've got these cockerels that have now moved in next door to me and that wake up at 5am and wake me up. And so I just surrender now and just get up and put my candles on the balcony and start my yoga practice, but not before admiring the unbelievable network. I mean, obviously in Ibiza, we don't have any smog or um, infiltration into the atmosphere up above this island in terms of uh, pollution or anything. And so... Obviously, some days are better than other in terms of stargazing, but tonight is looking incredibly clear. It is literally, it's almost like a kind of a Christmas tree network of lights above us tonight. It's, it's unbelievable. But the one I've noticed, I'm not really sure at this time of night where it might be. They all look pretty, pretty bright for me. But there's one particular one I've noticed called Polaris that is available about five, six o'clock in the morning. It's literally... I look out the bedroom windows. We've stopped pulling the curtains now as well so they can actually wake up and see them as soon as I open my eyes. And there's one called Polaris. I, th- I don't know if it's that. Is that the North Star? Which one is that and what is it? That I don't know. Can't help you with that one. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Have you got any idea what any of these are? Because well, there are a lot. I'd like to say, but I'm not 100% certain, I'd like to say, if I had my app, then I would check that that could be Jupiter because he's big enough to be Jupiter. And if you look through the, through the trees there, slightly... Can you see it's slightly... It's a very bright one. It's a very bright, it's kind of yellowy. I think that's Venus. Okay. We can see Mars, Venus, Jupiter, especially from Ibiza, at certain times in the, in the year, um, which is really exciting to be able to to do that and look up and say know that it's not just a star but it's an actual planet Mm. I don't know I I just yeah it's quite I mean when I was a child when um, my dad used to take us uh, for six weeks in the summer to the south of France uh, when I was obviously very lucky and spoiled when I was a child my dad um, didn't have custody of us my mum did and when we went to to stay with my dad in those summer holidays and he used to take us off to this wonderful little village called Fréjus and we used to get our sun lounges out, me, my brother and my dad, and we'd lay them side by side and um, unpack an entire bar of chocolate each and sit there. And um, we had some very great code words for shooting stars and a very sophisticated uh, clock system for obviously 12 o'clock shooting star, 3 o'clock, that kind of thing. But that's when I got really into stargazing, actually, when I was, uh, when I was quite young, probably about, you know, sort of six or seven. We used to play that and eat, obviously whole bars of chocolate and get incredibly high we could be there for hours actually because obviously we were so sugar rushy back in the day i'm sure we never used to go to bed till one or two in the morning but um it was a beautiful way to to witness and observe the stars and i'm now making like a science and technology podcast for the evening standard which i love making more than any other podcast i've ever made apart from this one of course um i love it i'm getting really into it like there's so much discovery and kind of yeah because I've never as I said I've never really looked into all of this before but you've got your app out now what can we what what is that that's like so a that's, Saturn that's Saturn and Jupiter so the, no what I, 
Yeah. So when I said the bright one, mm. that's that's Jupiter, and the one next to it is Saturn. That's mental. So I was right about that. I actually, honestly, just didn't believe that that could even be possible because I didn't think you could see the other planets. I thought they were just stars. That is Mars. See, the reddy, it kind of it looks a bit yellowy. It's hard to tell in between the trees, but that's Mars up there. That is actually just quite unbelievable because I've been reading a lot about NASA and some of their new projects, um, specifically in relation to Mars and some of the new... Um, the new projects they've got going on basically by collecting um, little scoops full of rock from there which I think actually went wrong and they dropped they all went a bit wrong and one of the flaps got stuck open and a lot of the stuff that they'd actually collected from other places all got sucked out which was a bit of a tragedy actually Um, but it's just quite unbelievable isn't it we're sitting here and you can see like a little pinprick in the sky and you think we managed to actually send something up there to, to pick up a scoop full of of earth or rock or whatever it is that's there it's just it's quite unbelievable yeah. i mean i know it sounds so ridiculous to sit here spectating on that but it, it does make you feel very insignificant and all the problems and ridiculous rubbish that's been going on of late it just does. small you're absolutely right it does it really puts things into significance well we're just a just a speck of dust and energy just wafting around in the ether and actually we are we are nothing you know and all this drama i mean you know i know it's just silly to say but it just sometimes it does put things into perspective for me when i start doing that tech and science podcast and i start looking at the unbelievable things that are going on in this world and i just think god you know and when you get away from it all and you sit here like on a fishing hut at dusk um with the waves gently lapping in the distance and looking up at these incredible network of magnificence and I, you know I said something on my Instagram this morning actually as I was doing a bit of yoga and I was just like you know that Polaris star no matter what's happened the day before or is coming up that day it's always shining incredibly bright and I think that that's my new guru for life it's like no matter what happens you can always rely on Polaris being there shining its light as bright as possible and I think that's what I'm going to try and model my general morning uh, morning magic on these days i love that idea i love it and that's very much the relationship i have with the moon so whenever i look i'm like oh there it is again i'm i'm part of this magic world and universe and everything is okay everything is fine right now everything is as it should be but i think there's there's so much you know we've been talking obviously as a as a community and a network and a you know as a human race about this uncertainty that's sort of lingering over us um, at the moment and and I, I you know I had a real phase where I was like oh really affected by that but now I just think well there's two things I can rely on and that's looking up at night time and seeing the stars they're always 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 going to be there come what may and every morning I get up and I practice and up comes the sun and unless I'm dead it's always going to be there do you know what I mean it's the one thing I can rely on and I know that sounds you know again far-fetched but you know it's true it is it's just you know the two things that are not going anywhere and they're always 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 going to be dependable yeah and, and that's I think that's an amazing practice to have to know that you can rely on something outside of yourself like that that is bigger than you and know that you're part of that and that no matter what happens whatever shit you get dealt with that day or the day before then you're going to wake up you're going to see polaris and you're going to see the sunrise 
and it just brings everything into significance. But I just think, you know, that's the only practice I think that a lot of people can have right mm. now. But nature is the one thing that always resets us. And, you know, whenever things get too much, as soon as I eject myself from my laptop and my kind of inner world of like getting stuck in my head and you know feeling overwhelmed by the to-do list and all the things that I should have done or you know the pressure I'm putting myself to achieve certain things I just think well you know no one's gonna die if I don't do this stuff and as soon as I get out of that space and walk away and just go into another space or outside for a coffee or go and have a chat to someone you know or go to the nature or to the beach because I'm obviously very lucky and I've, I've got that on my fingertips here but you know things change things can change like really 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 fast and it was quite funny actually today this is an example for you of um I went to the dentist for the first time like in absolutely years and years maybe five years really really shameful and hadn't been for a really long time and I went last week for a clean and that clean led to some extreme swelling in my gum this week and I was like oh my god felt like my whole face was going to explode I was really like I hadn't slept and I went back there today and um, he just must have given me like five or six different injections and I couldn't feel any part of my face and I'd already put up that I was going to do an Instagram live at one o'clock today and I was like, oh, that's going to be ridiculous with a numb face. And I thought, do you know what? I'm going to go and sit on the rocks and wait for two hours and if I don't feel good, then I will cancel it, but I'm going to give myself right down to the wire. And literally about five minutes before this Instagram live was due to happen, my lip just magically started to feel better and I was like that's it you know I'm gonna do it and I did do it and it was just like you know I gave myself that opportunity to bail but I was like I just gotta stop bailing on things when you're not feeling good at the moment it's just so easy to keep changing your mind and moving the goalposts and not staying committed to the things that matter and actually that's what I've noticed it's like actually when things start to get wobbly and uncertain and scary and I'm like I don't think I can do this. Like my head keeps telling me I can't do certain things all the time lately. And actually when I just do them anyway and then I come out the other side, it's like I just feel amazing. And I just remind myself that I'm not my thoughts. I'm not the madness that's going on in my head when things feel really wobbly and scary and weird, you know. And if I carry on doing the thing that I said I was going to do and not change my mind come what may, somehow I just feel really, really strong. And that is helping me a lot at the moment. Yeah, and that's a really valuable lesson that's you know the the what you're feeling there is resistance it's the excuses it's the it's the tiredness it's the I'm too busy all of that when you notice that as resistance and that's just to keep you safe and it's fear at the bottom in the end underneath it and when you walk through that or push through that then you realize that there was nothing to fear in the end anyway mm-hmm. and you've just accomplished something and you've become more empowered and you've you've moved forward in some way um, and that's how we continue to move forward. And it's interesting what you say about, like, right now, that, you know, there isn't anything for us to... There isn't any, any certainty in life at the moment. But really, that is life. Life is an, is an uncertainty. And um, when we accept that, that regardless of what's going on, we, we cannot control what's going on around us. We can only control how we feel about it and let life continue with all of its uncertainty and embrace that it's such a free feeling to have Mm. agreed 100% and I think yeah the only person you can rely on well that's not particularly true either but you know you can rely on yourself you know if you literally commit to something 
and you don't change your mind and you don't back out and you don't move the goalposts. I mean, I think if you just, you know, Ibiza is one of those places where you could change your mind and change your plans like every five minutes, depending on, you know, different things coming up, different opportunities, different social gatherings and networks and things to do and places to go. And, you know, particularly in the summertime when things are crazy here. But, you know, that was the number one rule I sort of started to lay down not, not, not too many years ago because I was like, I'm driving myself absolutely bananas by constantly changing my my plans and it was the one thing I didn't want to become when I came to this island was the person that was always taking the better offer or leaving things to the last minute and changing my plans because that's not that's not fun not just for the people that I've agreed to do things with but also just generally in my own head of changing my plans all the time and I think you know particularly right now that has reached a pinnacle of like yeah we all need extra stability and yeah plans in place to keep us safe Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely it's interesting actually you just saying that I remember for many years when I when I lived here there were the plans were always so fluid people would never stick to plans there was always like oh no I'm changing them moving them and we all we all were the same I think and it was a lot of that in the in the in the environment that I was I was moving in but after a while I decided that I wasn't gonna that wasn't how it was gonna be and now I don't have that anymore I think people are a lot more the people that are around when once you change your focus on that and your perception of it um there aren't people around me who change plans as much as they used to and it's really interesting mm-hmm. it's interesting to see that change in development when you decide actually I'm not gonna that's not gonna be the, how life is um and then you're able to change it from there. And interestingly as well, this year, you talk about, you know, talking about the planets and the stars and astrology. Astrologers have been talking about 2020 for years and years because of the planetary aspects that would be, um, that were, would be influencing the year. And right on time, exactly to type, the, the, what has been gone on with the lockdowns, the restrictions... Shh. we're not allowed to talk about that stuff are we not okay <laughs> this is the positive podcast <laughs> with our positive pants firmly on but i yeah well, there's going to be that a happy stuff. ending let's put it that way i love a happy let's, ending let's just especially at the end of a massage <laughs> yeah don't we all <laughs> <laughs> i think you know if it's um what was that amazing winnie the pooh phrase something like yeah if it feels like the was it feels like the end, it's not the end. No, what was I it? I thought that was from the film, yeah, the film, the something hotel in India. I didn't know that was Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> it could have been. It could have been both. There's something about yeah, having an ending. If it's not the end, if it's not happy, it's not the end or something. I can't remember. You're right. No, <laughs> failed. Both of us well, failed. On I think that. that brings us neatly to the end of our happy ending <laughs> podcast because. Um, we're not going to have a happy ending because we're sitting on the fishing shacks and uh, Jose's gone home and it's actually quite cold so that's not that's not on the menu um, but it's been really really lovely to, to have this conversation and I think you know in the true tradition of this podcast you said that you were uh, keen to at this tricky time in uh, in life perhaps offer offer your services to our listeners yeah absolutely I'd be happy to offer one of, one of your listeners a astrology deep dive session so anyone I don't know how it will work how you how you figure it out but if someone wants um, to learn more about themselves and learn more uh, overcome some of their blocks and um, 
maybe getting onto their life purpose a bit more and really know what's in store for them over the next few months, then I'd love to share that with them and I'd love to help them with that. Thank you very much. What a generous, lovely offer. And if you email uh, me on just the good news, please at gmail.com, that's just the good news, please at gmail.com, and just tell us why this session would benefit you or what's going on right now for you that you know you could benefit a little uh, session with Alicia and um, we will put you in touch and um, work out yeah exactly how we can help and as I said you know I have my reading done I don't particularly feel a great desire or urge to share the details of it on this podcast it was amazing Um, and yeah I think it's very very helpful and quite interesting um, and intriguing and um, definitely provided a roadmap for some uh, future explorations um, when I'm uh, when I'm able after this crazy period of my birthday my boyfriend's birthday and this mad month of Scorpio has uh, finally drawn to a close and my feet have touched back on planet earth because right now um, yeah it has felt full-on and um, I'm not normally one to sort of go down that astrological route as much but I've been firmly persuaded not just by my charts with Alicia but also well just the underlying <laughs> catastrophic d- events that have um, unfolded um, probably for everybody this year but I have felt that the last few weeks has been um, yeah very very uh, entertaining there's a word so we're going to end um, on this beautiful moon well it's not even a moonlit beach it's very much a starlit beach and a planet lit beach with um, Jupiter and Saturn I mean what an honour to be honest with you to be sitting under such a an unbelievable twinkling of magic um and I, I have become quite obsessed with all of this of late which is kind of you know how this conversation came about so here we are and i hope you've enjoyed this conversation if you do want to get in touch and get a session booked in with alicia then do drop me a little line or dm me on instagram at the reset rebel or come and find alicia at alicia a-l-i-c-i-a-o-r-r-e and um yeah thanks for joining us thank you so much for having me it's been amazing we'll see you next time reset rebel it's the reset rebel it's the reset rebel it's the reset rebel coming to you every day